I would imagine that uh, that within, well, the fact that the fan reaches is the fifth largest daytime signal in the country uh, here in 740 Fan and a, and a good Thursday to you. Jack Michaels Show, Derek Hansen. I'd imagine in our listening area, there's probably a few that have uh, sat down and, and hung out with Bobby Knight. Bobby, Bobby Knight, Coach Knight would, uh, would not be uncommon to see him in the area, certainly during hunting season uh, in this area over the last several, you know, couple decades where he enjoyed uh, the, the plains of North Dakota and the Dakotas to utilize in an offseason or, or to hunt a little bit on that. And uh, we lost an icon, a legend. Uh, I got a couple of questions regarding that maybe for the text club today. It is a busy Thursday on the show. Uh, Justin Gard will be by... Did you catch guards? He brought the uh, the Jackman and the he and the boy were at the uh, Timberwolves game last. Is night. that right? Yeah, he had pretty good seats. Went to see the, oh. uh, the, the champions. Yeah, I wonder when guards. You know, because he was he was with uh, you know he's with Rosie and and he's got you know kind of the 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 the, the movers and shakers. You sure. know, the popular crowd there. Yeah, I wonder like if if Rosie pays for the stuff like uh, popcorn and you know let me get that for you, JG. You well, know, he I mean. should because if I had Mark Rosen's money, I'd burn mine. <laughs> <laughs> Garzy coming up on that, you know, on, on a on a note, and it must have been good. You know, the the Wolves were coming off a uh, a uh, just not a fun loss. You know, giving up a twenty one point lead flat offensively, collapse. yeah, just a collapse. Yeah. And they bounced back and, and hand Denver their first one. So that that was that was a good good game to go to last night. JG Justin will be along at uh, at twenty for on guard. Uh, our our twelve forty guest, one of the greatest athletes uh, to come out of the state of North Dakota, a Division One volleyball player, one of the top uh, you know blockers and players in her day in Division One volleyball, the pride of Central Cass High School, now the coach of the Cobbers. And how'd you like this, Derek? You know, in the Mayak, when you get into playoffs, pick your sport. You know, baseball. Not everybody makes the playoffs. You know, you, nope. you don't don't get in. You know, some it's top four, some top six in sports. Well, in volleyball, I believe it's top six. Well, here's the deal. The Cobbers I, I lost a couple of games last weekend, but they still hold their own destiny. There could be like a two- or three-way tie for to see who gets in, and they're one of those teams, and they're at home tomorrow. So Faith Dooley, Faith Rodemacher, married name, and with child, by the way, uh, Faith is going to join us. We haven't had Faith on for a while, so it's good to have Faith. Derek, it is. It's good. And Thursday, it's good to have faith. Uh, we you have it in your Vikings this weekend in Atlanta. I do. It's an interesting matchup. I'm I'm a little bit more nervous that Tyler Heineke is playing. I was hoping the rookie would play. That Ritter would go. I like Heineke a lot. So he's a gamer, and we touched on oh, this. He tough. is a gamer. Um, and you just heard Kevin O'Connell with uh, with PA today, and and uh, and, and talking about that, and Jaron Hall, and. What's expected, and I like what KOC. You know, he goes back to his 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 own experience, which what I think is probably what makes him pretty good. As we use the term, players coach. I'd imagine that that he can relate in conversation with guys like Jaron Hall and and say, "Look, I've been there. Here's the mistakes I made. Right. So here's what all you need to do. That's got to be worth something, Derek. I would hope so. I mean, I would hope that. I think the biggest thing is you're dealing with Josh Dobbs and Jaron Hall, or not. A couple of knuckleheads, just hearing them articulate. You know, I mean, I think you need a little bit of that to come off as even a leader in the the huddle. I mean, there's yep. little things. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, Jack. But when I hear, I can't remember what player it was was quoted over the, the last couple of days saying he really had command of the huddle when he got in there. I mean, you think about that. Yep. Here you're in a close game, rival game in Green Bay. 
Here's a kid who comes yep. in, and he they ask him to go drop back in the pocket and complete a third down, and he threads it through three Packer defenders and gets it to Hawkinson. Yep. It's yep. not to say that he won't throw a pick or two. Kirk Cousins has thrown a pick or two. Watch the Carolina game. He opened it up with a 98-yard yep. pick six, and that's going to happen. So he's going to make some mistakes. I, The thing with Josh Dobbs, I don't know how good he'll be, how quickly he'll pick things up, but I hope that this kid gets some run if he's successful because yep. if they could take care of that problem with a young franchise quarterback now, that solidifies a lot of what you need in the future. And you need to have that that team look in the huddle, whether it's a veteran or a rookie, to look at your quarterback and trust that you, you're going to take us. And we're going to play for you, but we're going to take us. You know, you're going to take us. You're going to drive us right. and lead us. So I, that's that's part of that. I uh, didn't want to bury the – obviously Bobby Knight's passing was, was uh, news yesterday. But real quick, uh, baseball season's done. Yeah, how about that? Boom, just like that on and a Wednesday I mean, night. And I mean done. <laughs> Texas Rangers wow. win. This this is ours. Corey, so the $500 million was worth it. For well, the, sure. The, the, you bet that is because they're, they're, they got a parade. Yeah, they do. They have a parade coming up. Well, I mean, even in the world of baseball right now, $500 million is worth it if you get a new stadium and you're selling the place out. Yeah, so, yeah. so you're making money on it. You but drop five, 500 between two players that can help you have a parade. Yeah, I, I would take it. But do you, what do you think of baseball on a Wednesday night? They wrap up the World Series. It's kind of whole hum, you know. I think in the world of things, and it just it, it was happened so fast. And I still think that Corey Seager could probably walk through West Acres today and not get recognized. Right, you know that's I mean? for and that is Simeon, yeah, because same. he is a dude, you know. And they're just the stars that have really should be household names that probably would be would have been in yesteryear. It's just, it's I love the game. I just kind of I hope something right. happens here where it gravitates. It's such a regional sport now, right? Yeah, because I think we could recognize. Most of the twins, right? If they walk through, but you know, but yeah, but do you watch as much of the now, other now sports? In, now in Arlington, my guess is they're gonna they know 100%. they know right? You know the DFW area in Arlington, they're gonna they're gonna find out. But right. yeah, like you said, on a, on a grand scale, yeah. Evan Carter, you think you see Carter at the mall? This twenty-one-year-old kid, you'd be like, what well, it's it, a joke we had. What what was it like four years ago or so when Carson Wentz had uh, Mike Trout out? hunting and Trout got a kick out because everyone was going to him for autographs and right. they had no idea that was Mike bleeping Trout. Mike Trout. <laughs> right. You rest your case. Yeah, exactly. That's, That's exactly where we're it. sitting right now in the world of, uh, but no, I mean, it was a, a great run. I mean, I think this Texas Rangers run is one of the most historic and notable that we've seen in quite some time in baseball. I, it really was yeah, amazing. And where they've come from to where they are. And then, you know, how do you, how do you not, Want to pull for Boshi? If you if you've seen Bruce Boshi on any interview or whatever, he just he's the guy. They, they bring him out of retirement, and all he does is is just kind of guide this team and let them be what they are. And last night's game, if you were paying attention, and I get it, you know, it's a Wednesday night, as you said. Maybe he had a lot of things going on. Right. Maybe it was an after passive viewing or listening. Um, you know, it was the Diamondbacks that were through Gallon that was throwing a no hitter, but but it was Nathan Evaldi that was getting out of trouble. Yes, and and, and kind of, and all of a sudden, it's still zero zero, and you're thinking, boy, Arizona, you're missing opportunities right here. And mm-hmm. and what happens? Texas gets a couple. Of, Mitch Garver re- is part of that base. It reminded me a lot of watching the Twins this year. Just you know, you, you're not taking advantage of opportunities that you have offensively in key situations while both pitchers are dealing that's a very good point Derek, yeah Mitch Garver pretty underrated I mean they don't win 
Talk about the Minnesota Twins now. They don't win the 2019 American League Central Championship without him. He was such a key part of that and part of that Bomba squad. Because I think when we think about the Bomba squad of 2019, we think uh, of you know all the big hitters. Sano yes. was a huge Sano guy was, then. Yeah. I mean, and, and just but all the home runs, he was a big part of it. Garver and and Garver in this postseason, you know, it's base hit up the middle, you know, right. base hit to left, you know, just kind of going about. Uh, Derek, the the odds to win the 2024. World Series have been released. My goodness. At we least just, by... We just woke up. <laughs> this game got over like a minute yeah. ago. Uh, well, this by by ESPN Bet. So, you know, it's you know, but everybody's going to have theirs. But the odds to win... It's like the mock draft for next year. <laughs> that's right. The Monday after the draft. Yeah, it happens right after the Super Bowl, uh-huh. too, I think, you know. Uh, the Atlanta Braves, 13-2 to two odds. That's fair. The Dodgers, 7-1. to one. The Astros nine to one, the Rangers nine to one, the Phillies ten to one. If you're wondering about the Twins, twenty five to one. These Not bad. and and have been told, you know, these numbers may change when uh, slash if Shohei Otani lands with the Dodgers. So a lot really, of, lot go across of, town, lot of huh? predictions are the Dodgers are the, the leading contender. For Shohei Otani, a move that that, that that could propel them past the Braves into the World Series favorite. So that's there's your yeah, it didn't take long. By the way, the Colorado Rockies and the Athletics, one hundred and fifty to one. Yeah, and I don't even think I'd put a dollar down to get $150. <laughs> uh, my text club question today, before we uh, bring Guardsy in and, and and Faith coming up at 40. Uh back to Bobby Knight. And and at 83 years old, and and you know you know the if you don't you know the story of Bobby. I mean, my goodness, you look at the national championships and the perfect season and in Indiana and starting at the age of what 24, 25, coaching uh, at, at Army. You know, one of his young players there, Mike Shashevsky. All these ties into Bobby Knight. Of course, the the turbulence and the the aggressiveness, even at, at terms of dismissal and in Indiana wanting to bring him back and. He going to Texas Tech and donating his salary and saying this is the best color of red I've worn in the last. There was a lot of just a lot. <laughs> Bobby yeah, Knight I mean, in his career, the typical Type A narcissist throwing the Purdue yeah. game, right? You right. know all the you know the, the the allegedly or on video or all the the uh, grabbing by the neck or bumping ahead and grabbing by the arm and you know all the forcefulness of Bobby Knight. Guy could coach. Oh yeah. And he could drive, and he did it his way, you know, as the cut in the montage. You know, when I pay, when I die, I want you to bury me upside down and all that so my critics can kiss my, you know, what I. But here's my question. Does his style or perceived coaching style, does it work today? Uh, and if so, in what percentage of collegiate schools and programs? I would say. Do you think that's a a fifty percent, a twenty percent, an eighty? Do you skew low, high, medium? What do you think? I think it's pretty low. Yeah. And not, I'm saying it was, you know, not that kids are not as tough anymore. I just, I, I just think there's an understanding that I'll be just quite frank. I just don't think a lot of us right. You know what I mean? Because yeah. And I say perceived stuff because we didn't, we didn't, you know, we weren't at every practice of every game and I understand all of yeah. that. So, but we all have, we've seen some videos. You certainly have talked to enough people or, or know. And I've done CBA games and, and G, G League games and NBA.com that have players that have played for 
you know, Bobby, and 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 uh, you know, heard stories, and he's got friends. Well, you know what you're getting into if you're going to accept a scholarship from Indiana University in the late seventies and eighties. That, that, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, that's a good way to put it. I mean, I just I think it would be like going to. Man, I went to the military academy. It's really hard. I you had know, to I mean, do push-ups. Yeah, so what, what a thing! What a thing! Really, I mean, no kidding. It's like, I mean, honestly. So, so for me, I, I, I kind of get that. I never really liked the style. I'm not big on bullying. I'm right. good on a tough coach, but I always say, and I see it firsthand quite a bit in a football team that I'm going to be covering tomorrow night. You know, kick in the butt, but you need a pat in the back. And if you can do both, yeah. I mean, if you can, I mean, I think there's a little bit of, of that. If you can. If you can do that and do both, that's where you're at right now. Do you think a literal kick in the butt frowned upon by yeah, yeah. 100% of colleges now? Yeah, I mean, you can't physically do anything, but, but I think fig- I, and figuratively. I know you're yeah. being figurative there, but but it, there was times there's people tuning in going, you should have saw the coach I had. Oh, yeah. You know? That's why I asked the question. Do you mm-hmm. think the style, the the personality, the the way that, that he drove passion in and, and doing it, for in a sense, probably to make you better and the team better, but just doing it in a way that might not be as as orthodox as as many do. I think you'd be harsh as long as you give hugs. Okay. You know, I, mean, I think you'd do both. I really do because I've seen it firsthand, even at the high school level, at many with many coaches. You know, it's, it comes on respect. You know, you, you know you're gonna get chewed about, but you know, but there's just coaches now who are never gonna give you any type of at a boy, mm-hmm. and I think you should need that a little bit. Yep. I can take it in my butt shoot as long as you tell me I did a good job. And I think, and I'm going, I'm t- speaking from a Gen Xer right, right. who kind of worked that way. I, I admitted uh, on the show like last week, I got passive aggressive because it was never, there was never a good job. It was just watch film and chew butt all the time. Yeah. And I, th- I think that you have to have a little bit of both. Yeah. And, and, and the most of one, either way, probably not productive to achieve the goal. Right, if if oh, right. all you do it's got to be balanced. Is where to go, Timmy? Where to go, Susie? No, where to go, 100%. Jane? Hey, you missed it, but that's okay. You know, we'll be better. And there's it, too much of that. And oh, I would have taken eighty percent right. of getting I, my butt chewed because I probably deserved it as long as I got a little bit of that, you know, love. Right, <laughs> right. So I mean, it's it's uh, Bobby Knight has a uh, has it was a polarizing, obviously, figure, and he didn't care. <laughs> he no. has a job to do. He didn't care. And I, I don't know. I think I'd imagine if I open up the text club today and say, don't name names. We're not here to bear anybody. But uh, give me an example of how tough your coach was if you had a tough coach. Oh. Could you imagine what would come into our text club today if I asked that? Yes, I can. Yeah. I can just think of some guys out of my <laughs> <laughs> had the right, stories right. that I hear from my father and everything. And the just... backside, would it work today? You yeah. know that. That's why I asked the question: Was that would that style resonate today? Be productive today? Well, it's it's not even a fair question to be honest with you, because well, it doesn't. It probably wouldn't be allowed. Wouldn't be. It wouldn't fly, uh, because there'd be who knows what Derek. Social media, TikTok moved out. ads would be forced to remove coaches. You know what I'm saying? I think it's not much different than parenting these days. I think coaching and parenting are pretty similar, right? Because sure. many coaches, I mean, can be a second father, if Very not the own, only father. Father, many mother, of, uh, psychologist, yeah, all of it. All of it. You're dealing with a lot of things, and I think I don't think you can really parent the way that a lot of parents used yeah. to parent, right? I mean, whether it be physical or emotional or whatever, I think you got to have balance. I do think that part of it's better. I, I know there's a lot of people old school, oh, yeah, you. Know, I didn't want to live in fear of my parents. Right. I was much more... 
if I disappointed them, I was more upset than if I went head to head with didn't them. Didn't want to let your parents down. One hundred percent. Yeah, that's a good point. Don't want to let my coach down. A hundred percent. Justin Guard coming up around the corner. Eighty-three years old. Bobby Knight uh, past JG coming up around the corner. We're on guard. It is a Thursday edition. Jack Michael Show. Derek Hansen on seven forty. The fan. Now at Menard, save big money in your next project with 11% off everything. Update your garage with a new Chamberlain garage door opener. Our chain drive model comes with built-in Wi-Fi, allowing you to open and close your garage door from anywhere. Close. I just remember they had success at the end of the season. They were a tough out, right? Right. With Marcus Mariota, I think, as quarterback, whatever it was. Right, that sounds right. So then they let him go, and they put in Josh McDaniel. They should not have done that. I said that from day one. They should have let this guy. Obviously, they're responding to him. They should let him go. If Jaron Hall has a good game against Atlanta, and even though they made the trade for Josh Dobbs. And you see Dobbs in there the following week. I'm I'm sticking with Hill Hall no matter what. <laughs> yeah. but, but that's why we overthink things too yeah. much as owners, as general managers, yep. as coaches. Just if it if it ain't broke. I- don't fix it. I, I like your uh, your line of thinking. That that goes from uh, you know early pitching changes. Uh, take your pick, Toronto. Early pitching changes uh, made in postseason games. So Derek. Um, well, after and, last night, can we stop the scripted the opener, opener thing? I mean yeah. that it's a joke. I mean it hasn't worked. Rocco, Rangers, did you see this last night? Rangers are a game away now. Now not every day you're facing Simeon and Seager because these two dudes. This Adolis Garcia didn't even play last right. Night. <laughs> My goodness gracious. Everything was, was 10 rip before a blink of the eye. And then, you know, Arizona, they're going to they're gonna battle back. They, they can swing too a little bit. But, yeah, I'm with you, Derek, on that, that opener. Uh, the Raiders have advanced linebackers coach Antonio Pierce. Now is their uh, interim head coach. Let me throw this stat at you before we break and bring Paul on and a chance at, at, at Shania Twain. So Antonio Pierce is going to be the 12th different person to coach a game for the Raiders over the last 20 seasons. <laughs> well, you talk about the Vikings well. not having maybe a, a, a stability at the quarterback spot. Well, they kind of look like they started to with Kirk. Look at from the coaching standpoint, 12 different person to coach a wow. game for the Raiders over the last 20 seasons. It is the most, it is the most uh, uh, of any franchise over that span. Here's who's close. The Browns 11, the Dolphins 11 have gone through a really? span of 20 games with that many coaches, but not 12, and the Raiders have just done that. That's a lot. So the teams that have won the Super Bowl, like the Chiefs sticking with Andrew Reid, mm, right? Yeah. Um, the Steelers have won two. Certainly the Patriots have you had know, a – The Patriots have been with some stability. Yeah. yeah. Shows you Cowboys that, have had some switches there, but they haven't won the well, they Super Bowl. They haven't won anything either. They haven't won the to Super your, Bowl. To the point. Right? They haven't yeah, won anything. They haven't point. won a playoff game since the 90s, have they? Oh, man. The pressure on, on our good friend Paul, and he'll eat this up, by the way. Coming up next, Paul Rawl coming up uh, live and direct from uh, Studio North. Uh, we'll do that next. Uh, uh, Harvey McMahon, head coach of the Horace Hawks. They're on a semifinal round. Busy show today. It's a winning kind of show. It's a winning Wednesday with Jack and Derek on 740 The Pan. There's a new Bison football show to cover the herd, Green and Gold Game Day with Jay Bartley. Tune in to 740 The Fan every Saturday, 8 to 9 a.m. to get you ready for the game. Green and Gold Game Day brought to you by Peterman Seeds of Holly and Dakota Bear. Oh. 
A man that I've shared many a, a headphone portal with on flights all over the country and uh, get a chance to spend every weekend with, who I looked at oh, wow. last headphone week. portals even. <laughs> well, we're Whoa. close. We're tight. You know, we're tight. <laughs> uh, Paul Ralston, an assistant athletic director in charge of broadcasting in North Dakota. And I'll tell you what's more impressive, Paul. We were flying back from, I think, Cedar Falls a couple of weeks ago, and I looked over and Paul was watching that movie, The Dream Team, with uh, Michael Keaton and, and uh, Peter Boyle, and I thought, you bet you're watching that movie. I was just thinking about that. Hi, Paul. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing great. I mean, you know, you got to watch The Dream Team from time to time. I mean, what a great cast that was. Oh. Uh, underrated for humor, and it didn't get great ratings, or the critics were kind of harsh to it back in the day, but I found enough in there to have some fun with, so it was good to go back. And- analyst in Minnesota. Came in, you said, if you ain't first, you're last. Ricky, I was high when I said that. But that doesn't make any sense at all. First, you're last. You, you can be second. He's in the Cake Eater Hall of Fame. Cake Eater. His life's never been sweeter when you're just a cake eater. Nadal and Federer wish they were this good looking. I got to tell you. That suit looked like a piece of good God wrapped up with some have mercy with a side of pain. He's the one and only Justin Gar. And it's a Thursday edition. We got Garzy for a couple minutes today and a busy Thursday. And I imagine JG's uh, sports are going to start blending and cross-roading again as we head into the uh, the winter season of, of basketball and whatnot. But I tell you, JG, it's always nice to hear your voice. But boy, what's it like? Uh, you've arrived. I've had more people show me photos of of you being spotted at targets. You're one of those guys. You're like Jimmy Jam. You're you're, you're being spotted at. <laughs> You're like Jesse Ventura. You know, people are circling you and your your great-looking son there. Boy, what? What? how do you – you going to get limos and you go out the back now of stadiums, Garzy? Well, it's, I was telling someone today, my back really hurts because it's really hard to see the other end of the court when you're you know, sitting on the floor and you have to turn all the way left to see. <laughs> oh, your neck kind of gets sore. Yeah, you know? so right. I'm not feeling very good. Yeah, it helps. I'm not. I'm definitely not one of those guys. I'm just friends with a, with a couple of those guys. I'm actually friends with one of those guys, and thankfully he gets far enough down the list on random nights where I get the phone call. Uh, when Craig Kilborn's not in town, I get to go. Yeah, essentially <laughs> is, is what happened. It's pretty so, good. It was fun. Yeah, it was good. Brought the gray man last night. He deserved it because I. We did the show from the Skyway last night. You know, we, we're starting to we're broadcasting Timberwolves games again down here, both on the fan and on the iHeart app. So we did the show from the Skyway, Dan and I. And I told uh, told my buddy Charlie Swanson, Lexus of Wyzetta, plug right there. There you go. I'm going to the game, and he said, "Why don't you come sit with me?" I said, "Sure, no problem. That'd be great." You didn't tell me Mark Rosen was coming, so that 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 hurt, but that's fine. We were Derek said. I asked Derek. I said, uh, you know, because you know, in being at Wolves, if you're just going there as a civilian, you, you're you're probably going to drop a couple of dollars. There's that. And I I'd ask you, Derek. Do you think Rosie uh, Rosie paid for the the popcorn bucket for the gray man? And, right. and Jay, what, what was your response, Derek? I said I'd hope so because if I had Rosen's money, I'd burn mine. But you know that's. <laughs> That's a classic line that Coomer used on Sid Hartman on his show many, many moons ago. Yes. Well, it's true. And the thing about Rosen is, I mean, the next check that Rosen picks up will be the first. That's why he has to. <laughs> that is the secret. And that's not even like a joke. Like, no. I'm not even trying to be funny. That's no. Just, that's literally what it is. And I've always tried not to be one of those guys. We've got we've got an interesting situation uh, brewing. Uh, the, the Young Bucks, we all talk about this. 
know, down here, like, you know, I never wanted to be one of the guys that asked for anything, you know, that, yep. that or expected anything. And I think that's why I get some stuff. I never ask. I never, I, cause you guys get asked for stuff. I'm sure daily, you know, Hey, can you get me this? Can you get me that? Can right. I get tickets for this game? Can I, and I always want to help. If I can ever help, I love helping. It's fun. It's great. It's what we should be doing. But yeah, trust me. Trust me, there's a lot of asking going on around here, and I'm just trying not to be one of those guys. Yeah, well, believe me, whenever a show comes to the Fargo Dome or the Alaris Center, yeah. we know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Hey, Look, you're in radio. You, you must know? have tickets you for that. You must have so. backstage VIP passes. Right. Yeah, that's a, the, well, My favorite here, I'll just give everyone a little tip. Yeah, everyone a little tip. Ask for two. Yes. Two? Okay. We'll try to get you a pair. You ask for four? No. Yes, for anything more than four, what, are you in my wedding? Or, or, or are you my spouse? You know what I mean? Uh, like, come on. Yeah. Two. Two. I get a lot of... Uh, uh, who, did I, who did I sit with last night? My plus one. Yeah. I didn't have a plus two. I had a plus one, and I didn't even ask for that. I was happy to get it. You, you had to shut Fair down right. two other children... And and pick one, and exactly. and that's that's the one that you go. I was listening to Bumper to Bumper yesterday, and I uh, and Guardsy. Obviously, when you're in Minneapolis, it's not like you know you're living in uh, you, know, you know my hometown of Williston, where you can have time to zip home, grab your child, and then run over to the Phil Jackson Fieldhouse for a coyote basketball game. So it brought me back of times when my children were like some of your children's age, because I think Guardsy said, and then Grayson, I believe was the was the child, like. Might have had to be at work with dad for a while. And yes. no matter if you're in radio or not, there have been times when you have a child at work, you yeah. know, and it's it's one of those things where you're like, and, and if they're patient, you're just, you feel so good. And I, that that's what I was gleaning yesterday. Like, like, like the boy was doing extremely well. He handled it. Yeah, he handled himself well. Um, he enjoyed, he knows Dan, obviously, so he uh, he enjoyed hanging with Dan in the Skyway studio. Tim Conley was nice to him, the, the president of basketball operations. So, yeah, and he got to play on his iPad. I mean, he was living his best life. I mean, what what can you, when Dad had to talk, all of a sudden our third parent, the iPad, showed up. And he got to uh, he got to do games that he doesn't ordinarily get to do. So, yeah, it was all good. Yeah, Uncle all Bar- good. And the Wolves played great. Did they, how about that? Game. So, so did did it did it? Not that you lost maybe faith and hope and all everything else in him after that dismal performance at Atlanta, but but it did did it restore anything for you uh, last night? I don't think it restored anything as much as it confirmed. And I was talking with uh, with someone before the game, actually before our show, just down in the Skyway. And the funny thing about the Wolves this year is literally anything is possible in my mind. Like, anything is possible. They could go to the Western Conference Finals or they could miss the playoffs because that's just their wide range of how they play. And Monday night, I think, epitomized that in Atlanta where they played so beautifully, at least offensively, in the first half and then couldn't do anything in the second half. I mean, that was a microcosm of what what the deal is with the Wolves. And so, really, it didn't. I guess I guess it just confirmed what I already thought is like this can be a really good team if they do what they're supposed to do. And last night it was defensively to me more than anything. I thought they just did a really nice job on Joker and Murray, and they made things difficult. And I, there was at one point, you know, sitting next to Rosen, and I just watched this play again this morning. You know, Joker had it in the paint. Carl and um, Gobert were both walling up on him, and Jaden McDaniel's is the one that blocks his shot. I'm like, that's a lot of height. That's a lot of length. Um, to make it difficult for guys down there. And when they're all clicking like that, you can see how well they can play. So um, it was a fun night. It was fun to see him play well and finish it. And obviously Denver made 
a little bit, a couple of little runs, like every team in the NBA is going to do. And for a, for a minute, Mike Conley was the one that stabilized it. Late in the game, it was Kyle Anderson, and they went home with a nice win on this homestand to start this homestand. It drives me crazy. It drives me crazy the same way that it drove me crazy at the Vikings' loss of the Buccaneers and Chargers at home because you knew they had a pretty good ball club. Same thing with the Wolves the last what year and a half or so. They're like, man, they can do. They can beat anyone if they just would do fundamentals right. Then they can beat yeah. anyone. It's a, it, it's great to see them win last night. But man, it drives you crazy too, knowing the potential they have. And I like what Chris Finch said after the game because he's one hundred percent right that it's a step forward, but it's only a step forward. You have to continue to do it. Like anybody can do it. I mean, that's what the great teams do. That's what to be a top four seed, especially in this West. Like you can't when you have games that you're playing well and you you need to win them. You need to win them, and you need to you need to do like you said, Derek, the the little things that impact winning. And so that's what I, I like what Finch said last night. He's like, "This was great. It's exactly what we wanted tonight. Guess what? We got Utah coming in on Saturday. We got to do it then. We got Boston coming in on Monday. Got to do it then. Like you've got these other you you got to stack these performances on top of one another, and that's how you become the team that you say you want to be. It's not just showing up." For a night because the champs are in town and you feel bad about what happened on the road in Atlanta, it's a consistency thing. And that's the next step for this team. They've done a nice job of getting themselves in the playoffs. It's only happened back-to-back years like twice in my lifetime, guys. In their lifetime of 35 years, it hasn't happened a whole lot. But their next step now is to get you know a higher seed, get right into the playoffs, first of all, not have to play in. And who knows, maybe even host a first-round series in the top four. That'd be great. But you're not going to do that if you're not consistent. On guard with uh, Justin Guard, you hear him on Bumper to Bumper a couple minutes here, and I, I want to get a thought from you on, on maybe Bobby Knight as well. But uh, finishing up the Wolves talk, and, and different. Last night I got home from Computer Baseball League, got swept by the way, guys. I don't know you don't care, and it's been playing here for thirty years. And <laughs> anyway, and, and I have Sorry. Seager and Simeon on my Computer Baseball League team. I still lost, but anyway, uh, so I'm catching the the uh, the Lakers, Guardsy, and the Clippers. Right, They're a high profile. Game there certainly after the in, in the in the wake of the trade, even though Harden didn't play, and, I, and I'm watching Austin Reeves, who's a for those who don't know, he's a shooting guard at Oklahoma, and he's he, he has big shots, made a nice alley oop pass to LeBron last night. But I, I saw a couple of drives that he took, and he kind of off balance, kind of a cockeyed shot from an elbow, kind of has his way that where his body where he can draw a foul, but he also in his game is pretty straight. Doesn't doesn't yell at an official. Doesn't say hey I got you know he's probably contacted quite a bit at his spot. My point is, Guardsy, you know, your courtside, or at least close to it yesterday, when you watch Cat, and I like Cat, and you need Cat to be effective, and there's not a lot of guys that have the tools that Carl Anthony Towns does, can stretch the floor, seven-footer can shoot. And I know that some of the some of the rhetoric, uh, certainly from Bulls fans, is that he, he always begging, I got fouled, I got fouled, and he's always John and John. Uh, and he probably is guardsy, but I'm I'm wondering, and it's the NBA. If he doesn't get calls because he's, <laughs> I wish I watched Reeves get a couple of big calls. That call, he got fouled. Why? Eh, he doesn't complain that much. Your thoughts on on the? Yeah, you know what I'm getting yeah, at you, here. You can't you can't rule that theory out. And I I typically agree with that I also say like Anthony Edwards got a technical for clapping at the official last night. And I'm convinced if he didn't yell "Hey" as he went down the lane, you know, three out of every five times, I'm convinced he'd get more calls. That's I agree. One of my takes. Well, I think Jim Peterson even said it on the broadcast last night. He said something along the lines of, "I don't know the analytics for for Anthony getting calls when he yells 'Hey' as he's driving down. It's not very good." Um, Carl 
absolutely has to get better at that. To his credit, I'll say when he came back a year ago after missing 50-plus games, I thought he was better at that. Um, I thought he did uh, chill a little bit on that and realize that it wasn't helping him, and it certainly wasn't allowing him to get more calls, as frustrating as it could be. Now, last night in the first quarter, there were a lot of people frustrated, not just Anthony. Rudy was mad. Carl was a little frustrated. This is a team-wide thing. I think Carl gets the, the biggest headlines. But Jaden McDaniels got a flagrant foul last night for pushing Jamal Murray. Like, just <laughs> stupid stuff. And Tim Conley's even said it before. He used the word petulant. He said, we're way too petulant um, in the offseason or something. And, and you have to clean that up. Because if you don't think officials, if that, you don't think officials notice that stuff, like, they're human. As, 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 as professional as they are, they are human. And I'd be annoyed if someone was chirping me after every single call. As professional as you want to be, it's like, yeah, bud, but you, you keep looking at me after every one. Like, what are we doing here? So right. It definitely, team-wide, it definitely needs to change and get better because it's just, it's not helpful. And they get themselves, they get in their own heads a little bit on this stuff, and I don't think it helps them at all. It's one of the things I love about P.J. Fleck, teaching the guys to give the ball back to the official. Because whenever Stefan Diggs would go and drop the ball right in front of the referee, I mean, I would be, I would let a guy interfere with him. If every time he went up, right. he just dropped yeah. it at my feet and it made me right. bend over and pick it up. I love that about the Gopher football program is be respectful of officials and give the ball to the official. The ball is a program. I mean, those are little things. And I know that a lot of people roll their eyes at some of the PJ stuff. That's one thing I love because it's about respecting the officials on the field. I think it does go a long way. Easy for them. Yeah. It was, I even, I remember Grim, Mike Grim when we were kind of watching Western Michigan stuff, he says, will you watch this and see if I'm seeing something? Like, they hand the ball. They make sure that they don't do anything with the ball until the official has it. Like, they don't toss it to him. They don't wait for They walk over to the official and hand it to him, and they are anal about that. You're absolutely right. And for whatever the reason, uh, it's, it's a respect to the official, if it's a ball to program, whatever it is. Um, it, it does. Well, now that I see it that way, it does always bother me when a guy makes a catch and just chucks the football like oh. 10 yards away from the route. Um, oh, come on, man. Garzy, before we let you let you go, your, your children uh, in 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 two years come up to you sitting around the dinner table, and and they say, "Dad," or maybe "Daddy." They call you "Daddy," "Dad." Uh, tell me about Bob Knight. First couple things out of your mouth would be what? He couldn't have coached you guys. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> That's what I would say. The different time. By the time I became aware of Bob Knight, he was Bob Knight, you know, the legend, right? I mean, I remember the 1992 Final Four coming through here, and that was actually really the changing of the guard when Coach K and Duke knocked off Indiana in the semis and then the Fab Five of Michigan in the finals at the Metrodome. And that was the beginning of, of, of I think, really a downfall for, for Bob in that that's when he, you know, his pupils started overtaking him and he didn't handle that very well. He didn't talk to Coach K forever. Um so he's a complicated guy. Obviously, the basketball goes without saying. He he might be the best coach of all time with his three national championships and how his team played and the legendary status that he has in Indiana, where it where it is godlike. And I just I always remember that you know when Indiana and Bobby Knight came to town, it was a big deal. And I remember being there when the Gophers ran him off the floor with Deshaun Leonard in 1994. Yeah. I remember who I was with. I remember where I was sitting. I remember how people reacted. And that didn't happen. You know, when Northwestern or Wisconsin came through, you know, that happened because it was Indiana. It was Bob Knight. It was the sweater. It was everything there. And he just was one of those 
whether you want to say Mount Rushmore or whatever, yeah. however you want to quantify it. Just one of those guys that you know was a great basketball coach, but as we as we know, you know, had a lot of issues um, with how, how he. How, I mean, he got to do whatever he wanted essentially until he didn't. And you know, when when things kind of started to change in terms of what was acceptable and dictatorship and all these things, you know, all of a sudden a video comes out of him choking a player, and he's already on probation a little bit, and he's done. It's yeah. over. And that, so that's that's how it's a complicated thing. But obviously, you can't you can't take away the success and what he really meant to basketball in terms of how many people were influenced by him and and still to this day, you know, swear by you know just what they what he taught them. Yeah, that that's really well put. It's really well put. Yeah, it's it's a polarizing. It's just one of the most polarized. There, there's not another one. There wasn't probably many before like him, and there certainly hasn't been any like him afterwards. No, he was he was in the Twins press box with Sid Hartman. He scared me there. He just was like just six four guy, and guy. his beady eyes staring through you as big he guy. walked. Just saying excuse me as I was walking through. Uh, yeah. The homework assignment today, uh, guards, you use the word petulant, uh, of a person or their manner, childishly sulky or bad-tempered. Uh, he was a, he was moody and petulant. There's your education for today on the uh, on the big words that that Gargi's throwing out. As he happy does. to help out. Yeah, excellent yeah, job. Uh, hoop start for you soon. Yeah, uh, a week from what's today Thursday. It yeah. starts Wednesday, Wednesday, oh November eighth. Oh, uh, your so your sources tell you Casey Baravich thirty points in a secret scrimmage that's very secret against the uh, Minnesota team. Yeah, uh, within the last week or so. Not surprising to anybody up that way. That no, he would go off. Nice. But I thought that was. I did hear that yesterday, so I thought I'd pass that along. Yeah, I'll be on a plane with her to uh, Laramie, Wyoming, uh, coming up in a couple of days. So that'll be uh, that'll be fun. I'll bring you back something. Laramie's on the bucket list. I've never been there. The old the Gopher defensive coordinators on Craig Bolstaff there, Jay Savell. I'd love to go see that. There you go. Like wow. Play. Yeah, we'll take uh, we'll take the dart swinger. We'll drive. Maybe, no, maybe, no, no, maybe not. Maybe. That that I'd like to see. <laughs> that, that might be a, just a, a, a road trip. Yeah, reality TV in the road making. Trip. JG and Jack. One of those Red Hawks buses that you take down to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine the selfies. You text me from sometime at three in the morning. Oh. Me and Garzy. Garzy. On the way home. Garzy and Boots made it to Deadwood. Yeah. We're almost there. Uh, Garzy. Your, your, your marriage would never be the same. I just. Yeah. Garzy, we'll catch you this afternoon at Bumper to Bumper. Thanks, buddy, for the time as always. Yep. Of course. See you guys. The great JG. Yeah, that'd be a fun. I'd still pay money to watch this lady play the game of volleyball and and any other sports she picked up. But now she's a coach. Oh, I thought you were and, talking about Pat Benatar. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, I'd pay money to see Pat Benatar. I'd still pay. I would go with Faith and her husband to see Pat yeah, Benatar. There you go. Yeah, you could come too. Uh, Faith Rademacher joining us. Faith Dooley, probably known. And it's been so long since I talked to Faith, and I'm and I'm scrolling through what's coming up this weekend and all these sports, and I thought, holy cow. The copper volleyball team has a has a large match tomorrow with implications, and they're they're, they're playing good volleyball. They, I know they dropped a couple last week, and and Faith joins us here for a couple of minutes. Hi, Faith. How you doing? Hey, Jack. I'm good. It's great. Um, it's great to hear your voice. Tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. It's it's great to hear your voice. I mean, Derek, you know, you're you're a big fan. I think everybody just uh, loved it when you played in that stellar career at, at UND and Division One, and now last several years, I can't believe it. You're you're just getting all your coach, you know, and you develop this program and the kids are excited. And uh, this is a big one. And explain this first, Faith, because in the MIAC, not everybody's making the postseason 
tournament, there's only a, only a handful of you guys that, that can make it, right? Yes, and it's an absolute dogfight every year. Um, and so it, it always comes down to the end of season. There could potentially be a four-way to six-way tie for uh, third place through, like, eighth place. So it gets kind of crazy, and they only take the top six teams. So right now only uh, first and second seed are locked in, and below that is pretty much anything could happen. So uh, um, the other cool thing is tomorrow is all top eight teams play each other. So that those <laughs> games are kind of interesting in that – that will mess up the seating quite a bit. Did I tell you, Derek? There's this. Yo. I was telling Derek. I said this is like a, a log jam's log jam, and <laughs> and I don't know who has to decide. I mean, there are tiebreaker rules in 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 place, but boy, it's like a, the nightmare for the tiebreaker rules uh, scenario. But I do know this, Faith. I think you guys have the upper hand on would be tiebreakers, right? Yes. So um, if we win. Um, and depending on which team wins in the Augsburg Bethel game will determine um, whether or not we get the fifth or sixth seed. So when we're in, um, then it'll just depend on other games uh, to see which seed we get. Um, but we'll likely be on the road. So do you, do you like the development, Faith? It's not easy. Because obviously, Gustavus must be the cream of the crop, and I'm assuming they're probably got a decent club every every year saint benedict is in that you mentioned the top two is the is the upper echelon really like stand out good are they gettable if you get in uh, take us through that you know those te- i would say our top two teams are just really consistent um and but i would say any day any team is beatable um you know the number three seed lost last weekend to the number eight seed and so it just I would say Gustavus and St. Ben's have great programs um, that have, you know, some history there with coaches being there for quite some time. Um, So they're pretty solid programs. But, you know, in the MIAC, anything can happen. And I think it just becomes like who shows up on that day, given day. And St. Ben's, you know, had an awesome match against us uh, last weekend. They finally kind of put all the pieces together um, against us. And so they were a really strong force. Um, from what we've seen from them uh, in the past. And so any team can click in the playoff time. Um, it just depends on how consistent you're playing um, for how far you're going to make it. So, Real quick on this, Faith uh, Faith Dooley, Faith Rademacher. You notice how I have to give her name twice, and nothing against Ross. I mean, a great family, and they're beautiful people. But, you know, Faith just <laughs> – People just know space so well with their, their dilly. The uh, you know, as a player, you're almost like a just a mature player when you played collegiately, and you're almost like a coach on the floor. And a, you had a lot of success, even crossing over playing uh, multiple sports, playing basketball. Looked at as a leader, uh, but now you, as a coach, uh, are you grasping fully what like your coaches were doing back in the day? Do you draw from coaches you've had? Uh, previously and and implement or is this all kind of you know your own thing take us through that faith in the transition because you've obviously done a good job at that yeah you know I think at the beginning it's it's like you do what you know and what you've seen or what you might not have liked you don't do um (laughs) and so you definitely pull from the coaches that you've had but I think then becomes a learning phase you know anyone competitive is constantly looking to grow and so I think over this last year um, I got the chance to kind of observe some different coaches um, and take some pieces from them as far as, 
you know, teaching athletes in different ways um, and all the things that go into those things. And so I feel like this season compared to the rest of them that I've coached, I've really kind of created my own philosophy um, and relied less on taking things from my coaches, if you want to say. Um, And so it's been really fun. Um, I think my players have had a big or played a big part in that, um, especially the senior class of six athletes that we have this year, Um, just working one-on-one with them um, to grow our program and work with them on what our team needs um, has also helped me just grow as a coach. And so I would say that's been the big driving force of what I've kind of done this year. And a lot of it's creating, um, which I absolutely love. So. The uh, one more thing for you too on this faith, and I was talking with a, and I come from a, like you, I just I come from a volleyball family, three sisters and two daughters that play. We just love the sport of volleyball, and Chris Coase and I always talk about how we're volleyball junkies. You know, just love it's an exciting <laughs> sport. Why do you think the sport of volleyball is just taken off like gangbusters? Faith in recent, I mean, it's almost like it's reaching yet another surge. Why do you think that is? Well, I think this, the sport is still young enough um, that it has this, you know, limit to continue growing or unlimited, you know, room to continue growing um, where, you know, basketball, the sport of basketball has been around for a while. So you see kind of game changes um, and, and you see those within volleyball too, but um, the sport is definitely finally just taking off in I think the world knows that it's fun to watch but your older generations might not have watched it before um and so I think it's just a mixture of the sport growing um players are playing at a higher level because we're you know now 30 to 40 years into the sport um and you're just getting that draw but also like there's just more attention to the sport and that I think people and the whole in the whole world are finding that it's very joyful to watch it um, is it, the action sport. It, it is the action Derek you and I have talked about this before the action is great you know UND had a volleyball match the other night uh the third set went 38-36 NDSU had a match uh, th- a set in Kansas City I think it was it was what was it Derek 37-35 right. and and someone asked me uh Faith if they didn't have the rally, if it was still side out, how long would those sets have lasted? <laughs> oh my gosh, they would have been forever. <laughs> still be playing. <laughs> yeah. They well, would be. So, well, yeah. I think to your point too. I think what the advantage that volleyball has because there's not a lot of men's volleyball around here, so we don't compare it to the men. You know, I, I just think that's a big yeah. part of it because watching these athletes go at no matter what the level. I mean, I love watching. There's nothing better than a intense section championship oh. game. Five mm-hmm. sets in high school volleyball. Someone's diving over a chair. I'm sure to you've been to quite a few of them just recruiting Faith. And so it's that is oh, yeah. so much fun. And then the football players barking back and forth to their rivals across the way. Right, right. You can't make it up. I mean, that's high school in a nutshell there. Absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, it's just it's a fun sport to watch. And you know, I think Minnesota getting um voting in to have boys um volleyball, I, that's another growing that along with girls beach is both of those are super growing sports um, in our country. And I think that also is, you know, helping draw more attention to it. I think having those opportunities for boys as well is, is huge because it continues like the boys volleyball sport is very different um, compared to women's just because of the height of the net, it changes the trajectory of the ball. And um, so the game is definitely played a little bit different. Um, And so the women's game is actually a little bit faster because the net's lower, and so the yeah. ball can travel 
at higher speeds at a flatter rate. And so it's kind of, it's fun to look at the two different things um, next to each other, but I think that is also helping the sport grow in our country. Great stuff. I hope you fill the auditorium up, uh, folks. Uh, like what Faith just described, you know, what tomorrow means. You know, you win, you kind of hold your own fate in your hands, and, and nothing's guaranteed and nothing's given. Concordia hosting Carlton tomorrow. Uh, uh, real quick, I mean, they're not far from you in the standings, by the way, in the conference. So what, what are the challenges, real quick, Faith, tomorrow? You know, I think they're they're going to play some solid defense against us, um, but I would definitely uh, trust our offense any day. Um, we have an awesome setter who runs our offense, and we have a really balanced um, front line um, across all of our rotations. And so um, she definitely can use all of her weapons um, that she wants whenever she wants, um, and I think that makes us a dangerous team offensively. Um, so I'm definitely excited um, to see that. Um, I think we have that edge over them. And then, you know, defensively, I'd take our team any day. Uh, we got Chloe Markovic as libero from Bismarck Century. She does a rock star job um, at left back for us, picking up everything along with our um, other two DSs, uh, Hannah Mooney from Rozo and Carly Goshen from Fargo. Um, those two do an awesome job um, behind our block, our big block in the front row. And so, I'm just excited um, for the girls to be in this situation. Um, we've we set this goal for ourselves early this season, and um, I know they're excited. Um, so to have a big, big crowd and have it loud, that'll also be a, a big part of our team. I always say that our crowd is part of our team. Um, it's hard to play in loud gyms, but when it's yours, that's definitely an advantage. I love that. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's fantastic. 7 o'clock, Faith, does that sound right tomorrow? Correct. Uh, doors open at three thirty. <laughs> I'm just yep. kidding. Doors whenever open at whenever you want to <laughs> trickle into the gym and get it done. Uh, Faith, good. Derek and I are going to start deciding. You know what to get you for the baby present when the child is born. I know we're, we've got to just send a list over and, and we'll figure that out. So that's going well too, Faith. Oh yes, yeah. feeling good still. Yeah, that's good to hear. All right, let's get a lot of stuff bur- in purple because I'm a Barnsel Vikings guy. Oh, you know, yeah. but, you know. oh God, yeah, yeah. I'm a Packer fan. See? My husband. <laughs> But yeah, she's frowning if you knew I got purple. Now you really are going to get, yeah. You know, <laughs> now you're going to come showered with it. Yes. You, need a little, yeah. you need a little purple and green uh, rattle or, uh, you know, something like pacifier, Derek. Maybe yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, none of that. <laughs> Faith, uh, you're a champion, man. Thanks a lot. I hope to see you soon. Uh, but it's good to hear your voice. And, and best of luck to, to you and the Cobbers uh, tomorrow. Thanks, Faith. Thank you. The one and only Faith uh, Rodemacher, Faith Dooley, uh, the standout. And, you know, that's. I like the fact in the MIAC, much like, you know, what we're talking about with the Missouri Valley Football Conference, the fact that the end of the season yeah. means you get to go into the postseason. Yeah, right. That's kind of a neat thing. It's yeah. like a, quite a concept instead of having everyone qualify. Yeah. You like that? Look at theirs. Well, well, that's what I'm thinking is I like about the Summit League that n- not everyone gets in. A lot of people get in. There's a dozen teams in yeah. Mayak Volleyball, right? dozen teams. Six of them make Perfect. the postseason. And, Perfect. And like five of those are just fighting tooth and nail to get into just to get into the Mayak playoffs. Don't you think that's the way it should be for these big conferences and yep. NCAA basketball too? I I, yep. I think the fact that I mean the Golden Gophers getting into the Big Ten championship uh, tournament yep. last year, they could have stayed home. It wouldn't have been any different. I mean, there was no one in the stands anyway. Right. I mean, just right. despite I, the stories of the the feel good. Oh, got a ticket, punched our wild card in, and as a wild card, we went and won the World Series yeah. or we won the Super Bowl. I yeah, okay, I get it. But that's based a lot on revenue and money and games and all that. 
when it comes to high school and or, or college, Derek, there's something to be said about the regular season, meaning a lot, and strength of schedule and who you beat yes. to get it right. Yeah, that's what Well, and I think it's there. a Goldilocks thing. you got to find the right amount, right? And, that, and listen, I was into my Supreme 16 idea for college football for a long time, mm-hmm. but that's before the Big Ten had a championship game. That's before the Pac-12 had a championship game. There was just the SEC that really had a championship game in the 90s when I came up with this concept. Yeah. Let's talk about going 12. I, this, sit down when I tell you this. That's too many. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. I mean, if you're going to have a conference championship game, you don't need that many people in a FBS college football tournament. I'm sorry. They're beating each other up 13 games a season if you make the uh, conference championship game. So many times the conference championship game actually hurts you wherever you're ranking. Uh, I mean, ask what happened last year with Kansas State shocking the world and winning the Big 12 championship. Right. For me, I think that's what I would look at more than anything else is just making sure we get the right amount, no matter what the sport yeah. is, no matter what the level is. Not everyone has to make the playoffs, but enough should be able to qualify yeah. to make it intriguing. It's almost like the battle right now between FCS and FBS. FCS, it's where do we bring the line in to condense and compact uh, teams for the FCS playoffs that, that would make it all right. So not, and in the FBS, it's almost where should we bring the line out to include a couple of more right. into a tournament. You know what I'm saying? That that seems to be the uh, the battle on that. Uh, big thanks to Justin Gard uh, joining us. Guards, you can hear him bumper to bumper with Dan Barrero weekdays at 3 on the fan. And to Faith Rodemacher, Faith Dilley, uh, the Converse volleyball coach. And sincerely, get out there. and if, Tomorrow would be an awesome. You can bring your ears along and listen to our Minnesota section football while you're watching volleyball. Yeah, busy weekend, man. And I'd mention the, uh, the concessions at Concordia. They're, they're solid. Legit. Yeah. Hot dogs are the size of a table leg. You, you, like you don't have table. to convince me. And this is someone who grew up going to the District 23 Region you're familiar, 6A. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. They used to have shaved ice. And why in February I oh. thought it was so great to have bubblegum flavored shaved ice. Shave huh? ice. Uh, big in Hawaii. First thing when I stepped on the island to oh. visit my daughter, uh, went right to a shave ice uh, uh, stand. Well, shaved hey. ice in Hawaii makes some sense when it's like 85 degrees. Right. It was like why I was craving it in March. During the high school basketball tournaments, right. where it could still be a blizzard out, because during, you're you're a good yeah. human being and yeah. you enjoy. Except I made the mistake. I asked for sh- I, plural. I shaved and I went no to that. It's shave ice. Shave not, ice. It's not shaved. It's oh shaved. really? Yeah, that's a big that's a big thing. Oh. One of the misnomers in 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 things. Shave one a v e. Yeah. Huh. Didn't, yeah. Well, you know. I went shave. What do you do? Tomato, <laughs> tomato. What do you do? <laughs> Ernie <laughs> Shaver. Give me some of that Ernie Shaver. Ice boxing reference. What I, I can't wait for tomorrow. You're going to be on the road, but we we got some you know headlines we got to talk about potential because this weekend is yeah big. Friday the- headlines will be huge tomorrow. Um, Kyle Alfrink will be around tomorrow uh, talking NFL. Who knows how Atlanta Minnesota is going to drop? I mean we're all this focus on Heineke for Atlanta and Jaron Hall for the Vikings. You don't who knows? Maybe this is going to be about a defensive score and that's yeah. going to be it. Uh, on that. And then uh, tonight, Pittsburgh and, and Tennessee on 790 KFGO. Tonight, the Wild in New Jersey. The Wild need to get going here. Yeah, they do. Well, they also need to get guys back, too, don't they? Well, getting Jared Spurgeon is going to be really big. I mean, that that is – you. Uh, I said this, I think, earlier this week. If you ever wonder why he has a C on his sweater, boy, obviously the leadership that he brings, you know, oh. and also what he's able to bring to the ice. We're, they're obviously missing him quite a bit. 
So yeah, they got to get right, and you know, Kaprizov has got to get going here. I don't know what's going. He's just our our Friday Saturday on our properties. By the way, yeah, not too shabby. Right, yeah, tomorrow UD Hockey at at BU, Minnesota Section Eight Two A Championship, Barnesville Pelican Rapids on the fan, Minnesota Section Eight Three A Championship, DGF Morris area on the fan, Fargo Force taking on a Dubuque Fighting Saints on one one nine Jack FM, and then football, hockey, football, and football. And yeah. hockey on And Kindred's Saturday. game is at Fargo North for people yeah. who may be wondering. Not a bad move there to go move over to. I'm sure the turf is looking a little tough after some of the wet weather yeah, we've had one, after last week's game. 130 kickoff, 115 pregame. So I can see. We'll have that for you here on the fan as well. So. Good stuff. Uh, thanks, Garzi. Thanks, uh, Faith. Uh, stick around. The Common Man is, is coming up next right here on 740 The Fan. There's a new Bison football show to cover the herd, Green and Gold Game Day with Jay Bartley. Tune in to 740 The Fan every Saturday, 8 to 9 a.m. to get you ready for the game. Green and Gold Game Day brought to you by Peterman Seeds of Holly and Dakota Bank. You never know if the person next to you in line is a McMuffin, a McGriddles, Biscuit, or...